to the You Might Be Wrong podcast with Stephen and Justin. Well, that song was You Might Be Wrong by Paul Thorne. With permission, I might add. We're like legit. Big time now. You could say so. You're like young Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Feel more like a Danny today. You look like a Danny today. I'm going to take it as a compliment. I'm just waiting on mine. Well, you fill that shirt out like Arnold would. Oh, thank you. You're such a sweet man. Yeah. Just his bulges would have been in different spots. I just got one big one. <laughs> Not where it should be. That was the shirt. <laughs> We're talking about the shirt. That was the shirt. So I was thinking... While we were going through that intro song and conversation we had just beforehand about how we were going to do this, I changed my mind. We're going to have a lot of fun. Instead of interviewing one another about our respective selves, you should, I should interview you about me and vice versa. That sounds interesting. Well, it's always fun to get someone else's perspective about the person that you are. It kind of helps you realize who you are to other people as well as yourself. Hmm. Well, shoot, shooter. <laughs> well, I mean, we. We'll, this is the first podcast of You Might Be Wrong. We want to discuss different things on the podcast. It was inspired... By the Joe Rogan podcast, listening to him and his long-form conversations are always pretty nice and getting to hear people talk about a subject without being timed out. Or interrupted. Or interrupted. You just interrupted me. I'm sorry. (laughs) What did I tell you about that? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. (laughs) We did try to do a podcast last week, the very first one. It was right full with technical difficulties and language language if they ever make it to like a million followers then i might put it out yeah it'd be fun as a blooper reel i guess yeah listening to us learn how to do this and it's a weird way of communicating for you and i yeah yeah started out with one pair of one headphones and then somebody was like where's mine (laughs) i want to feel professional I like being legit. I want to be a part of it. I want to look like I'm here. It just it feels right now. One little trip to Dollar General. And you know what? You look right now. Thank you. Thank you. So, what are your hopes for our baby podcast here, our infant podcast? My hopes and dreams of this little podcast thing we got going on is that we at least get one follower from each state (laughs) I'll settle for one follower in one state you know what I'll settle for one follower in one country I think we get more than that one follower on one continent look I'm setting the bar low I thought I was going pretty low for each state (laughs) I mean it didn't have to be at the same time what about instead of a follower, just a listener? Yeah, just a, yeah. a listener in one state. 
I just want to like get this going so I can make money and not have to work anymore. <laughs> We're a long way from there. And I think after people hear our opinions, we'll be even further from there. So I'm going to set up a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, whenever we get fired from our jobs. Unless they figure out, uh, so what the hell have y'all been doing? <laughs> y'all really said that? And posted it online? Yeah. Yeah, most of the people who know us, for uh, those who don't, they, uh... Paul Thorne pulls his audio. <laughs> so many of our peers, uh, find it entertaining that we're doing this. They've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. But we're semi-confident that we have ideas to share and insights of today's happening events. Yeah, we're two people that come from different backgrounds, but we're we we sh- we share some similar ideals and we disagree on some things, but we're still I'm more of your libertarian-minded. Somebody just honk. I'm libertarian-minded. Then how are we different? Let's talk about how we are different. How are we different? I'm brown and you're white. Well, that's racist. No, it's not because I said it. Okay, oh, I've been watching. Okay. I've been watching the news. I don't use I've, up. Don't use up all of my white privilege. Okay. I've seen the Daily Show. Okay, <laughs> I I can say it and you can't. <laughs> How are we different? You're more... You you are more socially liberal than I am. I will give you that. Yeah. I think we should all be free. We are free. Freer than we are. Yeah. Peace, love, and hair grease. <laughs> is my motto. I mean, like I said, you are more socially liberal. You're more accepting of things. I'm working on it. I've come a long way from since you've known me. But we're working on it still. Work in progress. How else are we different? Well, you're kind of a shorts and flip-flops type of dude. I'm kind of an overall and work boots kind of guy. And this is where you might be wrong. I mean, shorts and flip-flops are the best thing to be wearing any time of the year. Same thing for overalls and work boots. I mean, you you can't really go into like a nightclub wearing overalls and work boots. Watch me. I mean, it's not really... It's easier to fit in with shorts and flip-flops. Well, I guess you really don't want to fit in. Cause fuck with, oh, gosh. I'm not a follower. That's true. You're really not. I'm not a conformist. I mean, neither am I. I wear shorts and flip-flops everywhere. <laughs> I wear overalls everywhere. And whenever I really want to go casual, I like to slap on a good worn-out pair of overalls and a pair of flip-flops. I mean, and put a tie on? Well, that's if I want to get formal. Your formal wear? It's my formal wear. So, you know what? I need to find me some overall shorts. You, you remember we almost wore overalls to my wedding. All the groomsmen. Why wouldn't the groomsmen remember? Yeah, I know. You were bridesmaid. Yeah. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. (laughs) It's your choice. There's a lot of people standing in line for you, big boy. Yeah. (laughs) 
So how are we alike? We're alike in a lot of ways. We both like talking. We are gifted with the gift of gab. I think I just feed on off of other people's talking and I, I'm able to like put together a coherent sentence off of nothing. And I have a hard time understanding that, so <laughs> I'm not following that one, but whatever, you know, you, you do you. I learned that. It's 2021, damn it. Yeah. It's been a rough start to 2021. It's been a rough start to most of the 20s. Yeah, even the 1920s was a rough start. Women got the right to vote. Then we had the Depression. Connected? I don't know. Let y'all decide. <laughs> don't tell my mother. <laughs> so? So just a caveat. If I say anything on here, then don't tell my mother I said it. Yeah, hopefully she won't listen. We'll just, we'll call it, if she sees it, hopefully she'll see it as anti-liberal and she'll go the other way. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And this is no means meant to be anti-liberal. We want everybody of every walk to be a part of this. We don't discriminate on your political beliefs. Unless you're a social libertarian. Because... <laughs> I don't get it. What the hell is a social libertarian? I think this is my first time hearing this, so please. You've never heard of a social libertarian? Please indulge me. Apparently, apparently, a social libertarian is a libertarian that believes in the social, uh, social giving stuff to people. Socialism? Socialism. So how can you be a, how can you be a socialist libertarian? That does not seem to go well together. No, because I mean they're exact opposites. Socialism wants you to to tax heavy on the wealthy and the middle class, and give to the poor. Libertarianism doesn't want you to tax at all. If well, maybe minimal taxes, and then keep your money. You know, and keep your money, or everybody keeps their money, and hmm. to help the poor. A libertarian says it should since you get to keep more of your money, you should feel good about donating. Yeah, but socialist says that the government tells you what to donate, or they don't tell you what to donate; they take it from you and do it for you. So this is what I'm gonna donate to. That I want to meet these socialist libertarians. I have a friend on my Facebook. He said that he's a social libertarian. See, I think if I went to the social libertarian club, I could probably cause a kerfuffle. You'd cause a big kerfuffle. <laughs> kerfuffle is a real word. It is a real word. And I love it. Although I haven't seen him in a coon's age, so... Who? My buddy that was on Facebook saying he's a social libertarian. Ah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, before we get into all these different topics and we lose ourselves like we generally do to attention deficit disorder. Diagnosed, both of us. <laughs> not one, it's not one of those, uh, hey, I'm dyslexic or I'm, I got ADD because I want to fit in because I'm cool now. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a fad thing. It's so. Like most of these kids nowadays want to say they have some sort of mental disorder to fit in. 
Let's introduce ourselves. Justin. That's me. Steven. I'll allow you to, uh, I want you to introduce me. Well, sitting right across from me is Steven L. Dog. (laughs) He's a, he's what I call my great white hope. He's a, he's tall. Ladies, if you're looking for somebody, he's married, but I don't know, happily. Of course, happily. Maybe, I don't know. But anyway, he's a, he's a, he's a people person, he loves to talk. He, uh, he, uh, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank here. It's my turn. <laughs> Pass. I was never good. Like in, in school, I was like they put me on the spot, and my mind goes blank. I'm not putting you on the spot. You know me for how long now? Eighteen years. <laughs> Ain't quite that long. Eight, nine, no, seven, eight years. That'd have been about uh, op fifteen. So fifteen, sixteen, seven, eighteen, nineteen. Well, it wouldn't be op fifteen, but the old o one five. Well, the first time I saw Steven, I, I looked at him and said, that dude scares the shit out of me. What? He looks, he looks strong. <laughs> a strong man. <laughs> I wish it was my turn. We'll get there in a minute. So you're just going to have me, like, drone on. I'm over here dying. Well, I'm just waiting for you to, you know. Describe you. Just, you know. If you were telling, let's say, a complete stranger. Said, hey, who is Steven? And what kind of person is he? Then you would say. Uh, Don't look him in the eye. (laughs) If he grabs a, if he bites you, just do what they do with the, uh. Pit bulls and hold his nose real tight, and he'll let go. He just has to sniff you for a little bit. Now, if I were to describe Stephen, I'd, I'd tell people he's a he's big on loyalty. He likes a loyal person. He uh, he can't stand people that don't tell it like it is. Uh, he farts a lot. I'm really good at it. He can say his ABCs, just the ABC, not uh, anything after C. He can't fart. Working on it. Yeah, one day he'll get to F. He's married. I was, I was there when he uh, met his second wife. The current. The current wife. Always room for one more, as I always say. <laughs> Don't tell his wife that. I'll let you have that talk with her. Because it ain't working for me. I've been trying to talk to her for years about it. Yeah. Well, I tried to get you and the, the current and the former together. Yes, I know. Sneak three-way. <laughs> Hopefully the current wife doesn't listen to this podcast either. Uh, we lost her attention a long time ago. Yeah. But... Ten minutes in, she, uh, five minutes in, she turned it off and 
But yeah, on their first date, I was there. I was telling her what a big schlong he had. My wingman. Yeah. So if you ever need a wingman, I'm your man. He's he could be a professional wingman. I am. It's because I don't embarrass easy when I'm making fun of somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm not really making fun of, but like when you're talking about somebody else, yeah. not in a bad way. Yeah, not in a bad way. I mean, unless you don't like having a big schlong, then, then, then I guess that could be taken in a bad way. It's a burden. It's a gift and a curse. <laughs> One day mine will grow in like that. All right, enough of that. So is it my turn? <laughs> that was a perfect ass segue. Mm. You know, while we're on the topic of me uh it's your favorite topic (laughs) my favorite description that anyone's ever told me about me is from my good friend jesse who tends to be a little bit more socially conscious and very socially liberal uh we gotta get jesse on the podcast oh he said he would come i already asked him oh i know he's I know he can come. He has like a few different kids. <laughs> but he, uh, he once told me that he describes me as feral. Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> but not like feral in a bad way, but like, like say you got a feral pig. Okay, you following me? I'm following. You got a feral pig and you domesticate that feral pig. So it's not, it still has this way of being feral, but it's also domesticated. It's still going to shit on the floor every once in a while. Yeah, it'll still shit on the floor and it might bite bite you. <laughs> but but it'll, it'll go get you the paper in the morning. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good way to describe you, Pharaoh. That made me laugh when he told me that. Oh, a former, former Pharaoh pig. <laughs> yeah, he told me that it made me laugh. I was... Since I've known... By many people for my temper and my bluntness. Yeah, I've seen you throwing some shit across the room before. <laughs> Working on it. I've done good. Yeah, I mean, medication's good. <laughs> we are not a negative medication podcast. No, I, I... If you need medication, go out there and get it. I used to be wary of medications, but... I can see where it has helped me to improve my life. It's not the medication per se, but it did help me to make better, make me better. I mean, same with my blood pressure medication. No, I mean, that one's kind of, that medicine deserves an award. I've seen what you do to your blood. True. (laughs) I've seen your diet. The fact that I'm still alive from my blood pressure medicine tells you that the stuff works. Yeah. But mental health medication is, is, is... I don't consider it mental health. Mine was anxiety, social anxiety. I mean, that's still part of the mental health I guess. spectrum. And it wasn't social anxiety. I mean, I'm not saying you're crazy. <laughs> well, some would argue. Well, my well, anxiety not didn't, was social, but it didn't come from... It wasn't social in the way that I was afraid to go to a party or I just couldn't be around crowds. I couldn't be, you can't hem me up. Can't. Can't keep baby in a corner? 
Can't keep baby in the corner. But enough about me. Is it my turn? There's never enough of me. That's not what your wife says. Oh. Uh, so, let me introduce you to my good friend, Justin. Hey, that's me. I'm going to tell all your dirty secrets. Oh, shit. About that time in Mexico. Which one? <laughs> I don't know which one. The one that itched when you came back. Oh, I thought you were talking about the one where I killed that guy. <laughs> Justin, Justin, Justin. I'm a little biased. Uh, I've always told people that... Just get Brittany to talk about me. If I, <laughs> if I meet... Uh, if I met somebody that didn't like Justin, I know not to like that person. There's something wrong with them, not Justin. Justin's a... He's a social person that's not social. He's a social butterfly with a broken wing. He he will sit down and have a talk with you, especially if it's a good conversation. But he's not outgoing in the way that he doesn't go out and find a conversation. Does that make sense? I can or am see I just that. rambling? Like I can talk to people, but I'm not going to start the conversation. Exactly. Yeah, that's very accurate. And you're like a Mexican Buddha, always walking around. I'm fat. Not fat, just, well, I mean, your face is maybe, I mean, we can talk about that later. Uh, I mean, you just got a face that reminds me of Buddha for some reason. You just, you, most of the time you're smiling, get that little squint and that little gleam in your eye, I like have, you do now. I learned that from uh, Clint Eastwood. Oh, uh, yeah. I can see it. Yeah. Off my lawn. I think most people uh, have a hard time seeing the forest for the trees sometimes because you like to pretend to be... I try to shave my pubes. <laughs> clean, clean as a clean, Ken doll. Clean as a Ken doll, yeah. But no, you try to uh, put people off, make them think that you're never serious, never have a serious thought... And that you're kind of a dumb dumb, but you're not. Everybody, don't do this to me. <laughs> well, people underestimate you at their own peril. So, because you're much smarter than what you portray, you like to you like to play the stupid card to get people to show them to show you who they are. Figured that out about you after I showed you how stupid I was. No, nobody's going to do it. You done told everybody. <laughs> You're an asshole. Speaking of those. Assholes. We know one. Old Mikey Mike. Oh, yeah. Love that dude, too. Y'all two are a lot alike. I feel it. Yeah. I feel the energy when him and I are around. No, I don't like it at all. <laughs> Do not like it at all. Brought you all together, and now I'm fucked. <laughs> There's not going to be a lot of cussing on the podcast, but there will be some. Yeah, we we did discuss that, because swearing does tend to make you look unintelligent. And whereas we are unintelligent, we do try to hide it. And apparently I hide it really well. <laughs> 
You're my best friend. Best friend. <laughs> so. Oh, oh, and Justin loves puppies. I do love puppies. I love puppies. Who doesn't love puppies? Uh, sociopaths and socialists. Like, socialists. They don't love puppies. You know, we do uh, accept a lot of people's political view. We always, individually, we do always like to talk with people about their views because it is I always mean, interesting. Even I can understand the Green Party. Yeah. But the socialism? Was, no. Yeah. No. Special place in China for those people. Yeah. I almost said hell, but I was like... China's yeah. worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a knee slapper. <laughs> Yeah, that's a. I hear it's a dry heat. Is Hell. It? Hell? Yeah. I don't know. But. Well, as long as you're there, I'll be there with you. Well, we each had a helping hand in the other one's trip. Yeah. So. Shouldn't have killed that guy. <laughs> yeah. That's why I can never go back to Des Moines, Iowa. Shout out to my people in Des Moines, Iowa. What's up, Des Moines? You ever been to Des Moines, Iowa, for real? No. I have. You'll notice I'm not in a hurry to get back. I, I understand. Uh, you know, nothing against you Des Moines and Iowans. Uh, not my type of place. I think the furthest north I've ever been was Arkansas. Well, you went to Colorado. I just call. Well, I'm but, trying to picture the map right now. Well, Arkansas is like where I went was like right at the tip. I guess Colorado might be. The Denver is Denver and uh, where did I go in Arkansas? They're probably about the same distance uh, on the yeah distance north. Or, probably on the, close on the latitude line. Yeah. Latitudinal. Latitudinal. Is that a minute? A minute north of Des Moines. Why am I stuck on Des Moines? <laughs> <laughs> My travels have taken me many different places. As far as the United States goes. When was the last time you've been out of the country? Uh, 2006. Yeah, Colorado's a lot higher. Uh, it was 05 or 06 last time I went to Mexico. I went to Rogers, Arkansas. That's where I went to. Hey, I've been to Rogers, Arkansas. Oh, you have been to Rogers, Arkansas. Yeah. We went to the same place, I bet. The exact same place. (laughs) And then, yeah, Denver is a lot higher than Rogers. Yeah, both literally and figuratively. You know, I can't wait until they uh, legalize marijuana in this great state. That'll be awesome. I'll have to quit my job. Don't work it. Walmart or McDonald's or something. I'd have to quit my job and work at McDonald's or Walmart or start growing it. <laughs> I'd always be smiling. Apparently I already am. I'd have a tinfoil hat for sure. You know, I've been accused many times of smoking a bowl before coming into work. I could bowl. understand how somebody would get that idea. Apparently I, I just exude that I smoke a shit ton of weed. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think it's because people aren't used to meeting somebody who is really just happy and content in their own life. Carefree. 
carefree. It's, I mean, it's not something you find every day. Somebody, it, it's really cool how you, you're okay with right now. And a lot of people, most people I would venture, are trying to get somewhere, trying to be something they're not, trying to be more, you know, and you're just. Not just me. You're in the moment, enjoying it. Let's see, that. that's why I, uh, what's that movie with, uh, uh, damn it, what's that movie? Uh, back in high school, high school girls, uh. Dazed and confused. Dazed and confused. See, I ad- identify with a lot of uh, what's his name's character. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. I don't know if anybody knows him. He's a little, little actor here from Texas. Yeah, small time guy. Small time guy. I can see you sharing some of his personality traits. Yeah. I could agree, but he is much more ambitious than you act. You, you have ambitions, but. Feel like you're okay if those ambitions don't happen because you'll be happy with what you end up with. I mean, there's really no reason not to be happy. I, mean, I wish more people were like that. I wish I could be more like that. My ambition uh, isn't uh, so easily quelled. Yeah, I mean, it's not like my ambition's quelled. It's I'm a realist. Well, I think of myself as one as a realist but um my brain just works a little different than yours like i hope for the million dollars i'll work for the million dollars but if i don't get the million dollars not like i ever had in the first place yeah i'm not gonna be upset about it see my ambition isn't monetary yeah never been financial i mean of course i mean i might i'm have the ambition to say i want to be comfortable financially just that doesn't necessarily mean rich or poor. Just being able to live in my little, in my on my money and just be okay. Not have to stress out over it. And, but also, whatever the opposite of that is, I've never lived that way. But do you, if you're really rich, do you stress about your money still? Surely you do, because that's how I mean, you got the money, most likely. Oh, look at people like Elon Musk or that billionaires and they're still living on the in the trailer at their little thing and up there at his job site in Austin living out there making sure everything's built right is he really yeah I never knew that yeah (laughs) (laughs) I like Elon Musk yeah I mean I like the way he he seems to uh, consider every answer when you ask him a question. He considers the things that are about to come out. Something I could never do. I, I have never formed a full thought about the signals I was about to say. See, I life. think I do too much of that sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes I'll just blurt shit out. Yeah, you're, you're in my experience, more of a blurter than a considerer. But, like, if I'm under a stressful situation, like, I'll think about something before I say it. See, my problem is I I think by talking out loud to myself. I don't know. What's no, everything goes here all internal. Mm, I don't. I just look dumb in the corner. What's he thinking about? The only internal I have is my anger. <laughs> Medication, people. It works. My rage. My little jar of rage. I've seen him throw jars across the, 
or not jars, but cans across the room because bolt fell. Yeah. I'm a passionate person. Passionate you are. <laughs> passionate you are. Yes. Yes, sir. You know, dead air is not very good on. Podcasts. I know, I know. It's just, I'm, my brain's running through all of the contemplating. Well, I'm running through all of the things that we've talked about, talking about, and I'm trying to figure out a segue into one to the other. I'm trying to, I mean, I'm sure over time we'll learn how to do that if this lasts past this first episode. You might get a second one. Yeah, I mean, this could be the first and the last. First and the last. Welcome to the first and possibly the final. And, uh, I want to be able to, like the idea of the podcast that we had that we discussed, I'd like to make people stop and think the way that I've had to in the last several years and the way I wish more people would that, well, I might be wrong. I have this thought that's been ingrained in me since the first time I've heard it and I have this way that my brain has been trained to think and then... I form an opinion and then somebody will say something and I like to be able to take that opportunity to say, well, maybe I'm wrong. Let's uh, see where this goes. And it's opened my mind up to a lot of different things. Yeah, I've, I've done that constantly throughout my life. I've never have been dead set in something that I believe in. I've always said, well, maybe there's a different way of looking at it. I'd like to look at things through the sphere of the world I think that might have a way to do with you know have a lot to do with the way that we were into, that we were raised you know just I had some pretty conservative parents uh, my father was I come from a background in a family that's very dead set in their ways and we've every generation is taught those exact same ways and I grew up thinking that I was right and everybody else was stupid and and I've learned a lot since those days. See, my mother, she uh, always taught us that she was right and everybody was wrong. (laughs) It was not her way, it's the highway. And that's why I love your mother to death. I mean, she won't admit it now, but... I don't know. She's still pretty dead set in her ideas. Yeah. Again, I hope she doesn't listen. I mean, after 35 minutes, she's probably not listening. (laughs) Yeah, we, uh, yeah, there was a time whenever I thought I was a Republican and I was just dead set on, it's because I like George Bush. I mean, I'll give it, I did like George Bush. I've always been a George Bush fan. I don't know what made me a George Bush fan at first. He was just very... It looked like you could sit down and drink a beer with him. Well, I mean, he won't. I mean, he'll drink, like, what, those beer-free beers or alcohol-free beers. Odules. Odules. And he, uh... Doesn't she know we're podcasting? Yeah, but she doesn't care. <laughs> I cannot wait until the divorce. Get out of my room, Mom. <laughs> so, we, uh, I, that just completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, ADD. Mm-hmm. ADHD. Yeah, oh, George Bush. I love yeah. George Bush. 
Yeah, he was. I like. I had a lot of respect for him. Some of the ways that he talked and with his background and whatnot. And, uh, I know a lot of people didn't like him. That's cool. I mean, see, more people liked him than they do the current administration. True that. Uh, they, uh, you can like who you like. I like who I like. That kind of. Now we got to learn to be. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was, you know, Bush was president about the time I turned 18. I think I turned 18 while he was in his first term. See, I was still under 18 when he was El Presidente. Yeah, his first term was when I turned 18. And he, uh, I voted for him the first chance I got to vote. Uh, I never got the opportunity to vote for GW. And uh, after that, I thought I was a Republican for a couple of years. I thought I was, you know, there was a time whenever, uh, was it uh, McCain that ran against Obama the first time? Couldn't stand the idea of Obama because he was a liberal. That was it. That was my, that was my argument. And was McCain, that it? <laughs> McCain was the Republican and the war hero so that was my that was my choice and sometime after that's when I started you know there were things that Obama would say and do that would catch my attention and make me question a little bit you know why can't I take a little bit from his ideas this ideology and mix it in with this ideology and make something that works yeah I'm Kind of the same way. I mean, my parents, stench, liberal. I mean, if the devil was on the Democratic ticket, they'd vote for him. Jesus rode a donkey. Yeah, Jesus rode a donkey. Did he really? <laughs> I mean, he would have, I guess, if he was riding something. I don't have any proof. Yeah. That'd be a camel, I thought, would think. Or Jesus rode a burro. Jesus rode a burro. <laughs> I'm brown, I can say that. Well, anyway, yeah, there, and there are things that I saw with the liberal candidates that I didn't quite agree with, like giving money away to people who didn't work for it. And then I tell the Republicans, and they're like, "All church, I don't nothing against religion or anything." But they're all organized religion that they believed in. And I was like, well, that's what happened to separation church and state. So I really didn't identify with either party. So, And then I found the Libertarian Party back. I guess I was coming out of high school. Is when I. Uh, what year was that? 2010, 2011. The year I got married. The first time. First time. I was there the second time. Yep. Was I call it the good years? <laughs> I liked old Randy. She, yeah, she was a good woman. Yeah. I mean, they're both good women. Yes. I'm very happy with the marriage that I had, the life that I have. Yeah. I've, Brittany's a great cook. Oh, amazing. And we're we know how to be happy with one another and mm-hmm. we know how to stop an argument and that's important is that where you like to put your hand over our mouth yeah 
Yeah, let's push her outside and lock the door. Domestic violence is never the answer. <laughs> Love shouldn't hurt. Every once in a while, you gotta smack a hoe. And the rappers can say we can too, okay? <laughs> Sometimes we say stuff we don't mean. I don't. I don't ever worry about my anything like that going that far in my, you know, my relationships. I'm not the type to hit a woman anyway. Just the way I was raised and something that stuck with me, and I know it might be old school way of thinking but hey it is I wouldn't either because my mom's my best friend <laughs> what about me you're my other best friend who's first you are thank you yeah the politics is a that's that's something I think people put too much faith or too much they stand on that too much. They they put they say I'm a Republican or I'm this or I'm for them or I'm for him I'm for her I'm for yeah. I just, aren't we all just Americans at the end of the day? I think I think really and this is where we I think this is where we lose touch at. Um, I think Republicans and uh, I think Democrats maybe I mean the Libertarians of course but just have a different way of looking at it. I think we all want the same things really we all want to be stable we all want to be prosperous we all want to be free we want to be left alone we want to be safe we want our children to be safe we want our children to grow up and become educated and become successful everybody is the same we all want the same things we just have different ideals of how we get there Yeah. and I think people identify too much with one side or the other and I, you know, I'm big. Oh, I'm not beginning. I've started beginning to see that back in about 2008 and 2012. I started getting the idea that you know some things, some things should be you should be more open-minded about. And politics is definitely one of the things that you should be open-minded about. Yeah, I just hate how we treat politicians like they're celebrities me too I hate like how you get behind a like you're, you're the NBA or something like that like they, that's your team and that's all who you go for yes yes I'm going for the home team no matter what and this is just not where we belong I mean a former president warned us about that and Warned us about the two-party system. I forget his name. He's he's one of the good ones. Uh, George Washington. He, he I think he's on a yeah. he's on one of our currencies. I yeah, believe. yeah. I think it's George Washington. Uh, yeah, that's his name, George Washington. Yeah. Warned about the two-party system, and and if we would have listened to him, he probably wouldn't be in the situation we're in. Well, I mean, we have to accept that things have changed from those from those times. Well, uh, the next election, there was a two-party system after he got out. Yeah. The Whigs and the... Was it the Whigs? No, I think the Whigs was after. I honestly don't remember that you're going a little bit too far back for me. Send the history podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, you know, things have changed since then, obviously. I mean, back then... I don't know that abortion was really an issue 
Uh, and I guess you just kind of took a coat hanger, went out in the woods, and handled that. And Did they have coat hangers back then? <laughs> well, maybe you just shaved the bark off a long stick and went after it. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure it happened. Well, I mean, I, well, back then medical wasn't wasn't very good, so and that may have been the actual surgery. <laughs> the odds of having the child were next yeah. to none. So. And, I mean, I'm sure it happened. I'm sure somebody had a child they didn't want and dealt with it. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean. But. Uh, that's when they had the crusade, not the crusades, over there at the Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> <laughs> the witch got me pregnant. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, that's that's one of the biggest issues that plague us these days. Mm. Seems like it comes back around every time you turn around. It, abortion's thrown back out there. You know, when are we going to learn to let people do what they're going to do? Yeah, okay. How can you regulate somebody's decision? That's a personal decision. It should be up to the the mother and the father. I agree. And that's another place where people don't agree with us at. No. We've discussed it many times at length how the father should have some sort of... Say so. Say so, um, be an accepted opinion in the matter uh it's not to say i don't understand the idea that it's the woman's body because i i I honestly don't know the answer to this whole dilemma i just don't i don't have any idea how you get there because you have a female that's pregnant obviously it took two people to get there and say she uh decides that she wants to have an abortion and he says nay i don't believe that you know do you force somebody to do something with their body that they don't want to do? That's not right. And whenever there's a medical issue where she could possibly die, if well, it's under. I mean, that's a that's a decision they have to make together. And yeah, uh, but even then, what if like he doesn't or he wants it and she doesn't because she might die, but he still wants it. Yeah, I mean that's a. Uh, I would say if in a situation of you know a health. A direct health issue like that. I mean, obviously, it should be mother's life should come first. Yeah, she she obviously has to come first, and I do believe it's her decision first. But I think that there should be some type of input from the father. Now, some people say the father, you're not a father until the child's born, and I don't necessarily agree with that. When my wife was pregnant, and I was already. I mean, the feeling was there. It's just a natural, became a little more protective, became more engaged in a lot more things. and So, yeah. when you're invested in something like that, how can you be told that your feelings are wrong or... Your feelings don't matter. They don't matter or you don't get a say. So, it's a tricky question either direction. You know, coming from a man's point of view, you know, I, now I wouldn't, this ain't the situation that I'm sure this, I'm sure this situation doesn't occur real often, but, you know, I'm married to a woman that I knew beforehand would not ever do an abortion if it was a viable pregnancy and that she would, her health would not be affected. And so I made that, that was part of my decision making for putting a ring on it because I knew I didn't have to worry about it. you know that was we agreed that if she got pregnant we were gonna 
go through with it. But I guess in that one night stand situation, that's the woman's choice. Yeah, in a one night stand situation, it should be the woman's choice. Yeah. I mean. But then you got one half that says brings religion into it, which I really don't think this should bring religion into it. You can't make a law based on religion. No. Yeah, that's that's something that I used to think when I was younger was that you vote for the more godly, you know, or the more religious, spiritual person. That's, and then you realize. I mean, I've always just because it's religious doesn't mean it's right. But I was, I think I was probably more. I was raised in a more religious, heavy setting than you were probably yeah because every sunday when we'd go to church i would ask for where my mother was and we had to lie to him we're like yeah she has a headache <laughs> See, we were very you know growing up in the bible belt you know i was see my grandmother would take us to church and oh she's very religious yeah no. i can imagine a racist drunk old lady that cusses a lot being very religious that's where i get my cussing from is my grandmother <laughs> I love that woman too. She's a she's a hell of a cook too. Well, yeah, I just had some over tamales a little while ago while you were setting all this up. Did you really? That's where I went for so long. You didn't bring me any. Oh, I thought they were for me. They were for us. Oh, oh, they're in there on the kitchen table. So, but yeah, my my upbringing was very religious, so everything was based on that way of thinking, and until I was. Growing up and getting away from being under the wings of my parents, I started seeing things for myself, and I uh, I realized now that you got to keep the church and the state separated. See, that's why I think everybody should move out of their hometown and go and experience the world. It is good to travel. Uh, it, it is good to. Now, most of my travels have been work related. Work related, and it's been. With crews of guys that uh, were like-minded. Yeah, but even work-related, you're still... It's still traveling and seeing the world and... I mean, I, I got to experience different... You know, only in our country. I, I've only traveled in our country. For, you know, except for going into Mexico. But Which, that's kind of our country still. Yeah, well... <laughs> when you grow up in South Texas, it doesn't really change a whole lot. Uh but we we would travel to different corners of the country and you meet different people and kind of see get an idea of just the different little ticks that people have and it's always interesting to see yeah, can't believe we've been going for 52 minutes I personally cannot stand a New Jersey accent most northeast accents I don't like See, I like I like what I like Louisiana. Yeah. That Creole. That 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 is a definite. Nothing else is like it. No. That that one's really. It has that like French twang to it. Yeah. Like, oh. If I was gonna live in another state besides the great state of Texas, it'd be Louisiana. 
Yeah. Or Colorado. You know, all the running around I've done, though, I've met people all over this country that have similar thought processes and, you know, they have similar values, morals. I, I mean, I, and they've been from different walks of life, all the way from dirt poor to fairly wealthy, you know. And that's why I go back to we all want the same things. We all think and feel the same way about a lot of stuff. We just got to figure out the, the little stuff in between. Well, what we all want is already is, was set out in, by the founders. We want life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Exactly. That's what we all want. We just have different ideas about some of those things, yeah. and that's where, that's where we get into trouble at. Yeah. I wish people would turn the TV off more often. When you see a talking head on it, just I wish social media would just go away. I'm I do too. Not but, a fan of it. But social media has MySpace had a place, okay? <laughs> Facebook, Twitter. Well, MySpace would just turn into Facebook if Facebook didn't come around. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but social media has bridged the gaps between different cultures social media has yeah that is a it's brought that's definitely a good thing that came from social media yeah. makes it you don't have pen pals anymore in the no. traditional sense like uh, what's that girl from the West ba- Westboro Baptist Church that was their uh, media director or whatever to over their social media stuff she started interacting with people on Instagram Facebook and Twitter and she changed her way of thinking, just interacting with social media, and she's no longer part of the Westboro Baptist Church anymore. I forgot her name. But how common is that of an occurrence? Or do most people just get on there to fight with each other? I think it's well, a, I think it's an outlet for a lot of people. Well, I would imagine she started out just getting on there to fight with people. Yeah. I mean, she didn't go on the... Well, she had a... She didn't go out there looking for people to... Change her point of view. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely had a job. She definitely had a task that she was... That she was going there to do. I I just... I I don't think that's as common. Today, it seems like it's just a place of negativity and hate. And just people... I do believe it's because people are frustrated. People feel unheard. People feel threatened people feel like you know you're you're trying to take something from me and that makes us enemies but nobody ever says well hold on i might be wrong about this explain to me why you feel the way you feel about this issue and let me explain to you how i feel about this issue and then let's compromise together and then grow that between our respective groups of people but it just doesn't happen and that's what a politician used to be that's, yeah, that's what that's what a representative used to do and now it's because a representative should represent both parties from their jurisdiction not just the one that elected them the combined values of their district should be represented on you know the the, the, the national front and it's not I mean look at our representatives in this area you know pro-Trump well, they were. They were, yeah. Until it wasn't useful anymore. 
but you know they're going to support the gun-toting rednecks and all the soy-eating hippies can just move to Austin. Yeah, and you know why can't the uh, why can't we get them soy-eating hippies a, a shotgun and why can't we put a little more green in our diet? You know, just there's yeah, I mean rednecks need a little refuge. They need some green beans and <laughs> some soy, and I mean the hippies need to go deer hunting. Yeah. Hunting is a really good activity, I think. You know what? We should find a hippie and take them hunting. If there's any hippies out there. And then we'll find a... Uh, we'll get Mike Jones and take him to go vegetable eating. Not the rapper. We're not supposed to be using last names. So. Oh. Well, you know I me, mean? Mike Jones is there. They'll never <laughs> figure it out. Well, our boy Mikey, Mikey JJ, he... Uh, Well, I feel like we have a better chance of getting a Southern Baptist preacher to perform an abortion on the pulpit Sunday morning than getting him to eat greens. This is true. Unless you're going to paint a steak green. Get some uh, food coloring. I love that boy. He's awesome. He's not a green man, though. This looks like a leaf. I don't want it. <laughs> This is what my food eats. I think there needs to be, you know, social media needs to. We we, we got to learn to disconnect as a people, as a world. I mean, just since we've been doing this, I've watched you look at your phone and lose your train of thought three or four times. Well, my uncle's texting me well, about the rifle and stuff. Going hunting. Yeah. You know. Speaking of rifles, going hunting and all that, that's another topic that keeps coming back around all the time. 2A, Second Amendment. Well, you got gun control. And I mean, yes, we need to keep guns out of the criminal's hands, but doing it off the backs of the law-abiding citizen, what, I mean, what does that solve? That's another tricky one, you know? That's just a... And I've often tried to think of a what would be a good compromise and I feel like a lot of gun owners do that the gun community has given up a lot and the anti-gun community hasn't hasn't let us have much Mm -hmm. and I am pro 2A I'm you know I'm pro gun I think everybody should own one that you know should own a gun there's some people I think we all agree that probably shouldn't have one yeah. Uh, but how do we weed those people out? How do we decide that we're going to take their right? Just come ask me. <laughs> I know people in my personal life that do have firearms that... We know people. <laughs> true. That, that have firearms that we... Uh, well, that I don't know many people that are super comfortable with the idea. No. But how do you tell those people that their rights mean less than mine? How do I come to you and say, hey. You don't deserve this rifle because I don't think you need it. Exactly. I mean. Who am I to tell you what you I think you need? That's a hard one for me. Yeah. But there's clearly some people that I will be the one to go take the rifle from and tell them you don't need this. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it, it's 
two different sides of the same coin, you're, 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 you're also taking their protection away when you do that. Exactly. How do you get to tell them that? Just because hey, they're crazy doesn't mean they're not in danger. Yeah. And just because they're crazy doesn't mean they're dangerous. Yeah. But how do you know? I mean, without that whole, what was that movie everybody always talks about? The Tom Cruise movie? Minority Report? Yes. You know, how do you, without something like that, knowing exactly what you're going to do in the future, how do we know that that's who we need to take like that from? I like how we got that right on. Yeah. But when I last for a movie, you're like, bleak, staring at the walls. Hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't. I don't know that there'll ever be an answer to that. I know the answer is not to take my guns. And if I look at that and say, you know what, I might be wrong. I say, no, I'm not. <laughs> I. My guns are never going to hurt another human being unless I am being, unless my life is in danger. My, my firearm will never be used for that. My greatest fear is the fact that I might have to use it on somebody. Uh, maybe that's something we could share with the listeners is our backgrounds in law enforcement. You know, the last thing you want to do as a law enforcement officer is pull your weapon, pull your weapon and use it. And that's, I am no longer in law enforcement, but it's still... I still, I, I don't want to hurt, I don't want to hurt anybody. You know, it's, well, there's a couple people I'd love to beat the hell out of, but. I wouldn't want to shoot them. Yeah, I mean, not worth my bullet. But if somebody was trying to get to my wife, and that was the protection that I had, and the, you know, what if they have a gun or a weapon? I'm confident that if you broke into my house without a weapon, and I was awake and, you know, Coherent. Coherent. Uh, you, you're going to have a... You're, you're probably going to have a bad day. Uh, but you broke into my house with a weapon. I'm not 100% confident that I could stop you before you could use that weapon. You know, that's... And we've both been through the training. You know, we can mm-hmm. disarm somebody. We can... We know how to defend against that, but... It's not 100%. It's a chance. I mean, the gun's already pointed at you. You can yeah. either die standing there on your, or you can die fighting. I've watched a lot of Steven Seagal Law, man. I'm confident in my abilities. <laughs> Shooting matchsticks with a 1911. Yeah. yeah. While wearing a kimono. Yeah. 50 <laughs> yards away. I can do it. I know I can. <laughs> I've seen him do it. Now I can do it. I can't even see a matchbox at 50 yards. See, that's what, that's what me and Steven Seagal have. We have super, super eyesight. Yeah, well, that's good. But, you know, back to the issue at hand with the firearms is that, you know, if you are somebody that, if you're just a person that wants to resort to violence at every turn, you know, I I can understand some concern. Yeah. But, on the other side of that, if I have a firearm, and I have a way of protecting myself against your violence not so bad i mean you before your medication somebody could have said well no he's too angry to have a firearm and that that's double-edged sword yeah well i wasn't i mean i was angry i was uh, i've been angry at something i couldn't see my whole life so i don't know what that's about the lord uh, <laughs> but i was never angry enough that I would lash out 
violently against someone you know that's I've been in many 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 fights had my ass whipped a lot of times same handed a few but out but I've won every fight I've, I've been in I'm oh just, sure just gonna put that out there at Radio Land and Podcastville that's going out to you Jonathan <laughs> and uh just kidding I've lost every fight I've been in <laughs> horrible cop horrible horrible you get away from me quick <laughs> I mean I'm you just you just like come at me with your fist I'm like nah man you're good to go <laughs> I've always known I was capable of a great violence, but it's always been, I've always been able to keep it way in check. I don't feel like I've ever almost, well, there was that one night, you remember when I hung up with you and ended up in a fight for my life? Yeah. That, uh, that, that again shows that you're capable of violence and, but I never lost my faculties to the point that I was in a rage just beating somebody you know I was beating his ass but it was <laughs> he was trying to get my gun and kill me back so you know there there's a difference between he was hopped up on drugs oh yes a lot of drugs and he was a huge huge man <laughs> But the uh, there's a difference between being capable of violence and actually being violent. Yes, you know, and that's where I mean it, it's hard to make it distinguish between some of these things sometimes. I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't violent people. Like look at my wife; she, I mean, I could go in there right now and kill her for. Whatever reason, she wouldn't even try to defend herself. She's just... Oh, well. <laughs> this is where I die. She's a wonderful woman, and she's just not... She's she's not programmed to worry about that. You know, if you went in there, and if you busted through that window right now and jumped in there and, you know, were intending her harm, she would just lock up. I mean, she just... I don't know. I think people in general have ornate... Ornate, not ornate. Ornate, yeah, ornate. Well, anyway. No, now you done killed it because I can't even. Well, anyway, people in general have that big word in in wanting to preserve their life. So I believe she'd find a way to fight back. She might not win, but <laughs> she would try to put up a fight. She's gonna go down trying to protect them cats. My my husband's in the other room. Don't touch the cats. <laughs> Yeah, she has a gun in that safe right there. No, that's a safe place for her. Where, where she gonna stop, Mister Badman? Let me go open up my safe. <laughs> I could go in there right now and tell her to go get her gun. She wouldn't know which one it is. <laughs> it's the only one. It's a different color than all the other ones. I thought it made it easy. <laughs> I don't like that color. It'd take her ten minutes to figure out how to shoot it again. She's just not programmed like it. It's not the way she's wired. But yet she doesn't have a problem. She didn't want a gun. She, uh, I remember the first, whenever her and I met, the first time she realized that I, and she knew I had, you know, a gun. That's what she saw me carrying all the time. And she kind of just accepted it and didn't really, we never talked about it or anything. And then I decided to clean out the closet one night and 
I pulled all the guns out and threw them on the bed. It went from a gun to a lot of guns. <laughs> it multiplied very quickly, and she. We're not gonna put a number on an ATF. <laughs> uh, I've since gotten rid of every one of them. Yeah, just uh, down to one. Same here. And they, uh, she kind of freaked out on me. You know, she was like, "Can you please put them away?" That you know, I'm uncomfortable. And about two months later, she went and bought her first gun by herself well I mean I went with her but you know she bought her first gun for her and we went home and she got irritated with me because I told her you know we got to sit down and I want you to learn how to disassemble it and reassemble it learn the parts learn you know how to safely own this firearm and after a few minutes she was just I think she I think she was in shock that she bought a gun and when it all came ringing down on her she put it away i don't want to look at it i don't i don't care about the gun i'll just sell the stupid thing i'll do you know it took some time but we got her to shoot matter of fact you're the one that got her to shoot it the first time weren't you yeah probably probably said something stupid remember at steve's house on the tank you talked her into she finally went up there and pulled the trigger and then she started wasting all the ammo just like a woman wasting stuff. She, Just kidding, mother. She enjoyed it to a certain extent. But she's not a typical... She's not your typical person. She doesn't put much in politics. She doesn't... You go in there right now and ask her who got voted president, she probably have to think about it for a minute. She just Walter Mondale. <laughs> she doesn't think about it. And that's one of the reasons I love her so much is because she's... Disconnected? She's disconnected from a lot of that stuff. She can tell you anything you want to know about a damn cat and about how to cook a roast, but you know she doesn't get caught up in the politics, and you know she doesn't get caught up in protecting her. She doesn't worry about protecting herself like we do. You know, we walk in somewhere, we tend to look around a little bit. She, matter of fact, just tonight she drove right past, looked straight at me up here at the intersection. I was. We were supposed to be going home, and I was going to the Walfart, and she was coming to the house. She passed right by, looked right at me, and didn't even register that I was there. Well, with all the training of what we've been through, I mean... I was like that. I was pretty observant before that. I mean, I was too, but I also worked in the prison system, so... Yeah, I don't know where my... I think mine came from... When I was younger, I pissed off so many people, I always had to watch my ass because <laughs> my mouth would run off. Well, not like being observant. We just know the what can happen. The burden of knowledge is what we have. We're, we're aware. Yeah. We're aware of the horribles in this world. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. But fortunately. We've years. seen the aftermath of some dude beating his wife. Some kids shooting him in, self in the head. We've seen that. and Well, you've seen that one. Oh, you haven't done that? Yeah. No, I've not dealt with the suicide one. Uh, what did you see out of suicide? I prevented all of them. <laughs> you make me feel like an asshole. <laughs> but, uh, I didn't stop to get a sandwich on the way. <laughs> I was hungry. <laughs> yeah, they, uh... I've had multiple... Gunshot wounds to the head. Especially since you're where you're at now. Yeah. That was really where it picked up. At. Well, that's 
pretty much where it picked up at. Yeah. yeah. Every other day, I'm looking. For a while there, I was like, another one? <laughs> yeah. Suicide's never the answer. No, never. Never. Always remember that, folks. It's never... You, you hurt the people you leave behind. And that's a greater hurt than what you're feeling. Yeah. Not to diminish your feelings, but that not knowing and always thinking you could have changed something. Always talk. Always talk to somebody. Somebody in your life will listen. Somebody somewhere cares about you, even when you think they don't. I'll just call dispatch. They'll listen to you. <laughs> you think somebody doesn't care about you? Call, like, DeVry University. They'll talk to you all day. Yeah, talk to, uh, what are those people that knock on your door? The Mormons? Yeah, the Mormons, the or Mennonites, Jehovah's. the Jehovah's Witnesses. Call them. <laughs> They'll talk your ear off. Yeah. I've actually had one leave. Like, I, I've been in that conversation with them before. I actually answered the door butt naked to one one time. Yeah. yeah. Probably flipping through this book. This is in the manual somewhere. <laughs> they didn't go over this one. I gotta go back to seminary. It was always so much fun to mess with them. But I also used to, I used to actually have some pretty in-depth conversation with them. I mean, the Mormons more than anybody. The Mormons were, seemed to me like they were always more willing to well, share. Well, you have a thing for Mormons and Mennonite girls. Well, these were the guys. Oh. <laughs> and it was, and it's not necessarily Mormon girls, okay? It's just the Mennonite and Amish. Uh, but... That notwithstanding. So do the the females they don't go out knocking on doors? I don't know. I, I can't remember ever meeting one. See now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I can't think of I've ever seen one in a movie or like in real life. Yeah, when I lived in a city where that was pretty common, they used to come through there down there in South Texas all the time. I mean, it was a, the women. No, the men. It was a constant thing. <laughs> I could see where I, the... I can't really see. I can't remember ever. Having a female knock on the door. I could see where that'd be a hazard. I could agree, yeah. yeah. Not that women can't defend themselves, I'm just saying like... Well, yeah, I mean... You're knocking on strangers' doors. That's not the mode that they're in at that point. No. You know, they're in a charitable mode and a... Helping, they're not in a... They're not feeling defensive, so... Oh, no, I could see a Mormon girl to get a switchblade. <laughs> Not Steven again. <laughs> Be careful, this is the guy that answers his door naked. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, I mean I I know at least three different occasions that I had some in depth conversations with those guys and Yeah, they just believe differently. They believe a different thing than what I did at the time and definitely more you know, definitely now they believe something different, but you know, I had a lot of curiosities and a lot of questions, and I was actually uh, criticized because I accepted their Book of Mormon, and I read it. I was, you know, I started working on reading it. I wanted to know what was different. See, I haven't read the Bible yet, so I can't move on. It's been so long since I did. I can't, I gotta start at volume one. I just, <laughs> just can't move on like that. Like, still stuck on the Old Testament, okay? Yeah. It's me and the Jews stuck on the Old Testament. I still haven't got past the forward. Is there a forward in the Bible? 
I was looking for the cliff notes the other day. Grandma's asking questions. I did read the Bible. I did the whole thing. I got a headache. I've been front to back on that. I remember very little of it now because it's been so long ago. And every now and again, something will come up, and but I, I really don't remember a whole lot about it. And at the time that the Book of Mormon was offered to me, and I accepted it, I. I went into that pretty heavy, and I, I honestly don't remember anything out of that. I just remember the John Smith or something. Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith, yeah. I could see you repping Joseph Smith t-shirt. <laughs> I just remember him and his claim, and that was, I mean, that's been a long time ago. Is that where he found some tablets in Des Moines, Iowa somewhere? <laughs> We're back in Des Moines, folks. <laughs> Life is a circle. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, with the events that happened this week, changing changing gears, changing subjects really quickly there. I was talking to my father and his uh, like the priest, lovely bride earlier. And uh, I was messing with them, calling them Trumpsters and they're asking why I hadn't called this week and I told them I thought they were in DC <laughs> and uh, they were they're yeah. old school I should probably they're very old school very conservative very Republican uh, and they're convinced that Antifa was at the Capitol which I'm sure there probably were some oh, factions. You know, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say all of it. No. You know, but I'm sure more people showed up to that. You know, there's always going to be a rebel rouser. Always going to be a troublemaker somewhere. So. Started that mob mentality. But I don't know where it started. I'm not even going to begin to take guesses at that or point fingers at anybody. I'll let the history books figure it out. <laughs> McGraw Hill's probably over there. What the hell is going right now? <laughs> but they, uh, I don't know. Where was I going with that? You know, in about 10 years from now, those history books are going to be thick. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like they're not going to be accurate. This is going to be a you know, history's told by the winner. So, yeah. it's gonna, who actually won? Not the American people. No. Mm. No. American people haven't won in the last 50 years. Yeah. Except for like the Civil Rights Movement. Kind of won there. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. But, uh, the whole thing that went down with that capital situation was just crazy. On one hand, totally for it. Yeah, it means kind. Of totally condone it. I woke up. I was like, "Whoa, that's yeah. kind of cool." And like, I like how people are like, "Well, that's how undefeated the capital is." Like, what do you want them to do? Shoot everybody that came up and stuff? They're still Americans. Yeah, and they're they're unarmed Americans. Yeah, seventy-four billion dollars. We can't stop this. Well, I mean, what are you gonna do? kill all the Americans that are there. I mean, if it was a foreign nation coming in, yeah, mow them down. 
Yeah. Well, they probably have protocols for that. Yeah. They probably have secret weapons, or there's probably a security system there that can't yeah. be. That reminds me what I was where I was going with that conversation with my folks. I was telling them the. Uh, I was giving them a hard time telling, asking them if they were there and whatnot, and uh, Dad said something, and I don't even remember what it was. So I took an opportunity. Like that's twice in your lifetime that you've seen the Capitol building, you know, stormed like that. He was like, "Well, when?" I was like, "Well, you know, well, the War of eighteen twelve. The British done it." <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, he didn't take too kindly to them words, did he? <laughs> well, he said something that I I anatomically I cannot do what he suggested I do. Uh, just shall not repeat it on there. <laughs> but the uh, his lovely bride. I like that woman. Yes, she's a good woman, and she uh, she said, "Well, they didn't go after the White House." I said, "No, the you know I said, I'm pretty sure the British went after the Capitol building too. They did several buildings. They burned D.C. down yeah. in 1814." Uh, when they took a little trip, a little trip. <laughs> along with Colonel Jackson down the mighty Mississippi, and uh, they took a little bacon and they took a little beans and they met the bloody British in the town of New Orleans. And, uh, hey, we're, uh, we're, we don't have a license of that song. <laughs> I was just telling the story. Oh, okay. Uh, but she, uh, I, was, I told her I was like, I'm pretty sure they burned down the. I'm pretty sure they attacked the Capitol too. It was the White House, and I looked it up. You know, so let's just ask Mister Google. Mm-hmm. Google, Mister Google knows all. There it is, August of eighteen fourteen, and uh, you know they were making fun of me for or making jokes that I was actually listening in class or something. I was like, that had nothing to do with school. I don't know where that came from. Why I knew that, but I think it was a Saturday Night Live skit actually from like forty years ago. But either way, it's in my mind. But yeah, the uh, I don't know where I was going with any of that. It's a little story to tell. That's the way I heard it. <laughs> you can't do that. Different podcast. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Rowe. Yeah. One of my favorite celebrities. Yeah, he is one of mine. So if you get bored of this podcast, just go on to Mike Rowe, the way I heard it. Mm-hmm. Not endorsed. No, not at all. He doesn't even know we exist on this yeah. planet. See, who the hell are those guys? But I do like him. Yeah. I do like him. I like his... I like his... Uh, Same with Jimmy Dean Sausages. <laughs> I like how he encourages technical school. Yes. And vocational schools. That's what we need more of. I mean, not everybody can be a lawyer or go to law or be a doctor. Hey, someone's got to make the shit go downhill. Somebody has to flip a burger. Somebody's got to. We can't all be... We can't all be billionaires. Who's going to take out the trash? Yeah. Uh, China. <laughs> Those communists. I mean, you should always be everything that you can be. I mean, if you're if that's the type, if that's what you want. You should always go after what you want. But yeah, yeah. I think we put a lot of stock in teaching young adults that the only way you're going to get anywhere in life is if you go to college and you spend four years on a degree that you may never use when you leave there. That reminds me, I have a woman's studies project to do. <laughs> and they, uh, 
I try to encourage. It's always young males that I get around that, teenage males that I always encourage. Just go to, here in Texas, Central Texas, well, Texas in general, anywhere you live in Texas, you know this to be true. It's hot. Go to school to be an AC man. You'll never be without a job. HVAC. Go go be the air conditioning man and be the best damn air conditioner man you can be and you'll never be without a job. And if you're up north, be a welder. <laughs> Learn to work on heaters up north. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, because, I mean, Texas, especially in this area, if it drops below 92 degrees, you better know how to work on them heaters. Yeah. Because people are going to be firing them up. Hmm. Nothing wrong with being a plumber. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with swinging a hammer. There ain't nothing wrong with any of that. It's good, honest work. A lot of these jobs pay good money nowadays. There's a lot of successful plumbers. Well, you can go be an underwater welder and make six figures. Yeah, yeah, no joke. I'm not going to do an underwater welding. I've had experience with that in the past, and mm, you know I know there's science back in it but uh i'm not you're you're not handing me electricity when i'm in the water (laughs) i forgot to mention steve cooper is a man of many jobs i a uh jack of all trades yeah master of none yes i don't have to hire people very often yeah he's had more vehicles than i can count (laughs) (laughs) had more vehicles than i can count (laughs) in my eight years of knowing him he's he's had a few vehicles yeah, I've had a lot in those few years. He's had a lot of jobs in the last few years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of them twice. I'm I, I have a hard time finding contentment. And I'm trying to get beyond that now in my later years. I've had about three. <laughs> Good fucking deal. Real fucking cook. <laughs> That just tells me you're not good at interviewing. <laughs> oh, no, I'm horrible at interviewing. <laughs> yeah, you didn't catch that one constable's eye. Yeah, but... <laughs> I'm kind of glad I did. Yeah, yeah, now. In the I long run, say. in the long run, I'm glad I well, did. Well, I said not. the same thing about that little city over yonder. You know, I applied for that city. I applied for that county, too. Yeah. Both of which, that's very poor. Man, that's... Been some pretty bad stuff happened. I'm glad now that it didn't work out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not a whole lot that I haven't experienced labor-wise. Yeah. So, one of these days I'll be an attorney for a few years. Doctor lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> You made president. <laughs> Dr. Cooper at law. <laughs> About an hour and 30 minutes in. Oh, yeah? Still doing good, too. Yeah. Still here. Doesn't feel that long. No, it doesn't. I mean, now that we're down to like one listener. <laughs> if any. And if you're a young man looking to your future, you uh, should consider vocational or technical school. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong being a plumber. Nothing wrong being an electrician. Electrician. They get, they get all the money. Yeah. Yeah. Make all the mess. Cause mm-hmm. all the problems. 
I was an electrician's apprentice for several years. Not consecutive. I'm, uh, I'm related to an electrician. I almost had a plumbing license once. I've shit in the toilet. <laughs> I've used plumbing. <laughs> I've worked on my own plumbing many times. I met a plumber once. I've had a colonoscopy. <laughs> Mechanics, been doing that too. Nineteen ninety three I passed a guy on the road that owned a Huffy bicycle. If that matters to anybody. That was a good year for me. <laughs> I was about a year old. Still shit in your pants. Still shit in my pants. That was the good days out there. Herbert Hoover is in the White House. <laughs> Herbert Hoover was in the White House. JFK was president. Clinton was getting a blowjob. Bush was running this country into the ground. <laughs> oh, man. man uh, I'm going to say it again for those listeners that are looking for a future. Nothing wrong with vocational or technical school. Nothing wrong with plumbing. A lot of times those programs are a lot shorter. Six, seven weeks? No. they. You can usually bust out a degree in what, like 18 months? Like an associate's degree or something like that. And hell, you can get a certificate for plumbing and stuff like that in a year. And so, be off to a pretty good start. So it takes longer to be a plumber than it does to be a cop? There's more to remember. This shit goes downhill. Don't <laughs> chew your fingernails. <laughs> Payday's on Friday. <laughs> yeah, but all of the trades are. We're always gonna need the trades. True. We're always gonna need that warehouse worker. We're always gonna need that railroad. We're always gonna need that truck driver. Always gonna need that burger flipper. Always gonna need that burger flipper, especially the truck drivers. This truck drivers do like a burger flipper. That brings me up to another thing: prostitution should be legal. It should, as long as it's regulate. Well, see, that's the thing. Most libertarians don't like regulation, but I do believe prostitution, if legal, should be well regulated. It should be somebody watching over. I mean, you can't have human trafficking for sure. No. Yeah, you can't have stuff that's just or pimping pimps. Yeah, well, that's human trafficking, really. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. yeah. You can't have abuse. No, unless they pay for it. Got to uh, pay for it. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, pay for your abuse. Love does not hurt. Love shouldn't hurt. Uh, you know, yeah, prostitution. You know how much money they could make off of prostitution? Oh, a lot. I mean. Look at all these young ladies out of work. Look at Nevada. Look at Nevada. I mean, because Nevada has legal prostitution. Yes. And, like, they make tons of... Tons of, uh... Tax revenue off of it. Yes. And I was also watching a video about it. But it saves marriages. Really? Yeah. How's that? Uh, You just want a piece, you go buy it? Yeah. I mean, there's no, like... 
relationship. Yeah, they just they'll get what you need. I mean, I'll run this by Brittany for you later. I appreciate that. Okay. Like I'll tell her that it's my idea that it wasn't for you. Yeah. That we should try it just yeah, to see if uh, it works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That should go over well. I mean, it's like it's not like I'm gonna go get some crackhead, you know, from New Jersey. <laughs> This is a gonna be a beautiful woman, well endowed in the chest area, most likely with me. So, um, a spitting image of your wife, exactly. And uh, yeah. because sometimes she doesn't want it, and you do. And men have needs. Hell, women have needs too. Yeah. Now I don't judge you for your big veiny rubber dildo. Well, why are you gonna judge me for wanting a little every now and again? Yeah, I mean. Seats really hurt my ass. Well, you know, when it comes down to it, being married is a lot like owning a car. Not that you own your spouse. But you got to change the oil every now and then. Well, no, it's just maintenance. After a few years, it's time to uh, you. You start seeing the new shiny model run down the road, and you're like, I'd like to take a ride in that. You know, it's just. I mean, you go try out the new shiny model, but you still come back to Old Faithful. Yeah. I mean, it's like having a, well, maybe it's like having a classic car. You love that classic car. You're all, all your work's in it, all your your time and your efforts. Your, your just, hopes, your dreams, your ambition. Everything's there. You know you're never getting rid of that car. You know no, it's never, never going to never get rid of that car. You love that car. You love it to death. But God damn, you might want to drive that new Corvette once. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you got to get that Tesla. you got to try that Tesla out. <laughs> Yeah. The Tesla probably doesn't shave its legs. <laughs> the French girl. <laughs> yeah, definitely in an hour and 34 minutes. Brittany's not listening. So, oh, yeah, we're, we're safe on this one. Yeah. yeah. My mother's not listening either. No. I, nobody's listening. Yeah, we're no, just talking to yeah, each other basically. now. This is just what we do every day. This <laughs> is just us. Yeah. Yeah, this is... We've always had good conversations. Yeah. Goofy. We've just never caught them on tape. Yeah. It was just really tape. No. no. Digital. This is... I wish we had a tape machine just so we could say it caught on tape and it's actually caught on tape. That'd be fun. But it would have already clicked like twice. We'd already done the front and the back by now. Yeah. Same thing with the prostitute. <laughs> Click twice. Did the front to back. Oh, okay. <laughs> I knew that. I just acted yeah, There's some things that, you know, I was just telling my youngest stepbrother uh, this last week. He, or last weekend, he got engaged. And I called him this week and told him how stupid he is for ruining his life. And Did he get married? He's just engaged right now. Oh, okay. So he hadn't yeah. successfully ruined it. No, but he's definitely got his dick on um, the meat slicer. He just hasn't turned it on yet. Yeah, okay. And uh, told him how idiotic that is at his age. He's 21 years old. Oh, no. I think this is his first woman, so she's only 19. And tell me, I'll stay 19 forever. <laughs> They're very immature, and it's not. I don't mean that by. I don't mean it to be degrading. I mean, they just don't have any life experience. There's, they're just old, not old enough yet. and They don't know. At 19, I was in prison. Yeah, well, I was headed there. 
was getting there as fast as I could. I turned 21 in prison. I turned 25 in prison. In jail. Not prison. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. It was your birthday when you took that dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh... That dumb kid went off and got engaged. He's got a lot of life problems he's got to sort out already for himself. And I advised him not to do it until he was ready. But I told him that it gets old after a while. Only so many onion rings you can eat before you want a tater tot. That's true. See, there's got to be a variety in life. Yeah. Being married at 21, I mean, that was what our grandparents did. You know, that. Well, life expectancy wasn't that long. I mean, yeah, but you were much more seasoned by. Yeah, I mean, you'd already done work the fields by the time you're 14. Yeah, you had a. Met the love of your life by the time you're 17. Yeah. There was no social media. You can't see a Chinese whore (laughs) back in the 1930s. I mean, you probably could have in certain parts of some country. I mean, yeah, I guess you can. When did prostitution become illegal? Wasn't it like the 60s or 70s or something? No. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I think it was before it was the 30s, I believe. Really? Because I know here they had that red light district up until... 30s? 30s. Yeah, I think it was around that time when the religious people got in charge. <laughs> Those people. Those. They came into the area and ruined the neighborhood. You about ready to wrap this one up? Yeah. I guess we'll play our outro music. Kind of want to go get me an ice cream. I kind of want you to get Molly. Right on, brother. So, all right. That, this is our first, maybe last, maybe second. Yeah. Thank you, listener. Mm-hmm. If you're still there. That one listener. Remember, the, the music on this podcast is brought to you by Paul Thorne. It's the You Might Be Wrong by mm-hmm. Paul Thorne so, and Billy Maddox. So go over there and take a listen to what they got. It's very well. Cause I don't agree with you You see flowers